was a great match. <laughs> it was a great match. We had a great time. We love Bangkok. <laughs> Bad time. Oh, we won 2 0. Happy New Year and welcome along to episode 28 of a Thai football podcast with me, Dale Farrington. And me, Rob Bernard. So buddy be my listeners. And Happy New Year to you, Rob. And to you, mate. Hope you've had a good one. Yeah, it's been nice. It's been fairly quiet. I was working over Christmas. I had a couple of days off over New Year, so that was very pleasant. Yeah, not a lot going on, really. Just relaxing and catching up on a few things. How about you? Yeah, well, that's that's my plan for the next couple of weeks after starring in the Thai version of Carry On Camping in Sarabray. Yeah, we could spend the next hour just talking about that, couldn't we? From what I've seen, the photographs you had on Twitter. Yeah, it was interesting. It was interesting. Listen, I love experiencing anything out here. And all my friends and my wife were over the moon, had a great time. The band on New Year's Eve on the site was fantastic. Really good entertainment. But I'm not sure the hard floors and cold nights are for me anymore at my age. Yeah, you need life's little luxuries, don't you? I do, mate, I do. Yeah, I'm, I'm going a bit soft, Dale, I'm afraid. It's inevitable. I think it happens to us all as we get older. Yeah, yeah. Like our home comforts. Anyway, not only have you been camping, but you've been out and about watching some football as well and dragging people along with you. So we're going to hear all about that now with your roving report from a cracking game, by the sounds of it, at BG Patam United when they hosted Chiang Rai United in one of the few T1 games that was played over the festive period. Rob's Roving Report. So yes, Daly, a warm welcome to BG or Leo Stadium as it's otherwise called for tonight's T1 class. BG Patam United up against Chiang Rai United. And an intriguing clash before the start of play tonight. BG in second place. Chiang Rai in fifth, with plenty of people gathering, we look like a big crowd here. Holiday fever, a warm night, we're having a good night ourselves, I'll be talking to the boys in a few minutes. Team news, Tiracin uh, missing for BG, but hopefully Bill in the side for Chiang Rai. Christmas time and we need a Panto villain, and Bill certainly provides that. So about half an hour before kick-off, the atmosphere is building, the fan park's busy, See how tonight goes. I've got two friends with me, as I promised Dale. Uh, we've come up by uh, Sky Train and then a bus up to Pantani. We tried to get in a bar up the high road earlier, it wasn't open, so we got a taxi straight to the stadium and we've been most impressed. Dale, this is Steve. We've been to the ground. It's a fantastic food stall, anything you want. The beer is only 70 baht a bottle. The staff in the clubhouse and in this, this food court here are fantastic. Nothing is too much trouble for them. All the staff I've met up to now are a credit to the team. I know that's uh, something my German friends experienced the other week when I came for the Champions League. And this is a fans pack that does rival uh, ports. One thing I am disappointed about, Dale, there's no losses. 
And I've got a first timer with us, uh, Mark, who uh, been promising to come to a few games. Oxford United fan who also lives in Minbury. What's your impressions, Mark? Yeah, a great place to come if you've never been to football in Thailand. I think that it, this is a great place to come. You can bring the family. It's in a very nice place. Very nice atmosphere that we've had. Good food. If you come early, you can sit in the bar. And I'm really looking forward to hoping that the game lives up to the pre-match ammo. Gotta say that true. We've seen a bit of the Buriram game. If we have half as much excitement as they've had in the first few minutes, then we'll be alright. Well, 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 we're in the fifth minute and it looks as though Chiang Rai have gone ahead. The offside trap sprung, the forward ran on, slided past the keeper and there's no sign of any dreaded VAR. Looks like it's going to be 1-0, the Brazilian co-striker to bail the scorer. 1-0 Chiang Rai in the fifth minute. Well, we're just short of the half hour mark, Dale, and it's a good game of football developing here at uh, Patamtani. The horse on top, Chiang Rai defending with the lights, but looking dangerous on the break. Bill using all his skullduggery to set up his partner, playing the pantomime villain to great effect. He can play football, that guy. Patamtani with lots of skillful football, but just missing that final decisive pass. Still one up with the visitors. <laughs> Dale, it's 1-1, we're in the uh, 39th minute, Danilo Alves, bullet header, he's been coming for a long time, a pinpoint cross, he couldn't miss from six yards, despite the best efforts of the keeper. We've got an open game here, anything could happen. Dale, we're bang on half time and I've just seen a goal of the highest quality. Chiang Rai, after they let the goal in, just took the sting out of the game and they put together a fantastic passing movement and the finish from the edge of the box, a keeper in the wrong zip code. What a goal! 2-1 Chiang Rai, stoppage time in the first half. Well, we're back underway here in the second half and uh, Chiang Rai's uh, head coach obviously wants to finish with 11 men. He's replaced Bill at half-time. No other changes that we can see. Well, we're in the 54th minute. There's a, a check for penalty on VAR. The referee initially gave it. Chiang Rai are insistent he was outside the box. There was a tangle between two players with a through ball. Who knows? Who knows with VAR? Well, Dale, the verdict after VAR, it wasn't a penalty, it was outside the box, but Marco Bellini was adjudged to be the last man for Chiang Rai and he's been shown a straight red card. So still 2-1 to the visitors. Three kicks to come on the edge of the box for BG. Well, he's at the turning point with ten minutes to go for the substitute for Chiang Rai 99, who replaced Bill at half-time. He's just made a fantastic run, a slide rule pass across the box, confusion in the Patamtani defence, the forward coming on to it, misjudged the angle and missed a sitter. Ten minutes to go, Chiang Rai with ten men, can they hang on? They're falling over more and more. It's going to take a Herculean effort, I think, from BG, the look spent of ideas. Well, we're heading towards stoppage time. In fact, you're near the board there. Eight minutes. Eight minutes. Or was it six? Eight, I think. And Danilo Alves has just missed the sit-up. He's blazed it over the bar. 
This game's still wide open. Eight minutes to go. Still two one to the visitors. Nearly was always coming. It was always coming, and the equaliser goes in. Near the end of stoppage time, Cross came in after lots of deliberate interplay. Flick on, Igor Sergeyev gets the equaliser. Flicks on at the near post and he made no mistake with his header. 2-2 two, two, and we're very near the end. What a good game of football. Well, it's full time in Patam Tani. 2-2. Two, two. I'll get the reaction to my guests in the bar up the road. I thought the second half slightly down on the first, but still a great game of football. Both teams going to hammer and tongue. Both sets of players absolutely wasted out there. They've given everything. And well played the referee who didn't fall for too much skullduggery. A great advert for Thai football. 2-2. Two, two. Mark, did you enjoy your experience tonight at the game? Amazing. Fantastic. Fantastic company. Thank you very much. The game was fantastic. And the whole experience of the, of the day and uh, day out, I can highly recommend it. It was a great day out. And Steve, what's your comments? Well, I thought it was a good game. The result was fair, 2-2. Two, two. I thought Shamrock defended really well. BG played also well, but the, the place that we were found the ground was great. Drinks, lots of food, and we just found a great bar. Absolutely packed about three kilometres from the ground. We couldn't what recommend it bar. more. You know, because people think Patton Tan is out in the middle of nowhere. It isn't at all, is it? No, no. Great bar. Great bar. I would recommend it to anyone. If anyone comes to, to watch Patton Tani, please come here to this bar. So, yeah, a great day out. Fantastic to share it with friends. We obviously don't do Boxing Day football back in England anymore. But that was a second best, albeit in the heat. So yeah, get yourselves to games guys because there's many of you out there, you know, you're frustrated that mates won't come. Tell them it's more about than just the match. Get out to nice bars, restaurants, enjoy the whole experience. Rob, we had a great view of 100 bars. And that's the thing guys, you pay 60, 70 quid in the Premier League back home and it's garbage. You've done a lot of money. You don't do a lot of money here if it's poor. You still have a good day out. Yeah, Dale, that was a, a really good night out. Fantastic to catch up with mates and doing the sort of things people do in England, really. Having a good natter, a load of beer, good football game and going to places that we don't normally go to. But the match was great. Really good. Really good value. It sounded like you all enjoyed it. And that was Mark's first game, was it? I think he might have beaten one a long time ago. He's a friend of ours mutually and he, he keeps saying he'll get there when he can get off work. And this just fell right. Good to go in different companies isn't it when you you know if you haven't beat them any games it's nice to be with others who know what's going on well sort yeah. of and he's, he certainly seemed to enjoy it so hopefully he'll, he's got the bug now and he'll he'll go again yeah he definitely wants to disappointing to hear there was no Lawson's though I felt for Steve well, he'll find something to complain about Dale yeah don't you worry he didn't go short of food or beer and what about the bar you went in I'm, I'm intrigued by that That's, that sounded probably like the highlight of the day actually it took some beating did the match but yeah before the 
game, we went to a place on the main Nakanayo Rangsit Road called Kindu Funk. Now, it's not a Japanese wrestler. <laughs> in a great bar. And I tell you what, what a shock we got there after the game. And they just about fitted us in. It was absolutely rammed. Yeah, fantastic. Good choice of beer, live entertainment. Highly recommended. And it's on the way back towards the, the main transport links, you know. Ten minutes in a minibus it took us from the stadium. Back towards future. Were there many other fans in there as well? Was it somewhere that they go after the game? I didn't see too many on this occasion, but I went last season when Pork got gubbed there and there was quite a few VG fans. There's maybe quite a few going, Dale, but just couldn't get in. Yeah, it sounds like a popular spot. But I think you said in the report as well that they've got it sorted, haven't they, at the stadium? Got a nice oh. little facility there, the bar there and all the food outside. Well, I can't recall going in another clubhouse, if I'm honest, and it was air-conditioned and good table service. We got a tower of beer. And outside, they've tried to emulate port. It's a little bit more orderly, you know, not the haphazard clung toey feel, but a fantastic range of food at great value. Yeah, they've done a great job. And what about payment? I know that's been an issue for a few people. They don't take cash anymore, do they? Did you cope with that? The tickets was a bit of a long, drawn-out thing, but I've got an account there from going many times, so I logged into that. They sorted it out, gave us tickets digitally on my phone, so the lads had to go in with me. Some places were accepting cash, some some scan. Uh, the bottom of the steps to go into the stand, uh, they, that was scanning. But it was, a, it was such a quick service to get a beer at half-time. Ah, that's good to hear. And I, I, I can't I can't leave this subject without asking about the new stand. What's it looking like and uh, any indication as to when it'll be open? I'd be shocked if it's ready before the end of the season, but a lot of the seats are in place and it's one sort of rake rather than the, the main stand opposite, which is in two tiers. It's one steep rake and it goes most of the length of the pitch. And once it's done, it, it'll be right up there as one of the best in the country. It does look very impressive from the photographs I've seen and the, the snippets you get on the TV. What about access? How are you going to get into it? Are you going to have to come from the far side or can you access it from the, the main stand side? I didn't go all the way along behind the goals, but I presume that behind either end, there'll be access in a tunnel underneath. Yeah, it's going to look very impressive when it's all finished, isn't it? Perfect place for Kritzadar to show off his talent. It's going to be the perfect size venue for a lot of Thailand internationals. Fair play to them. They've, they've done a good job. I, I can remember interviewing their chairman back in 2014 and we, we did talk about the plans for the fourth stand and he had some quite ambitious ideas back then but I think it's it, it looks now like they've, they've got it sorted and as you say it's going to be a, a cracking ground when it's finished. They did look at building behind Future Ranks at a brand new build and the fans were you know the fans said no we're happy where we are get a fourth stand up. Stay where they are makes perfect sense it's a great facility. Yeah. And you got to see 45 minutes of your mate Bill as well. I'm surprised you didn't tempt him on the night out afterwards. Hey I tell you what he would have been an addition in there. Oh he'd have liked that I can imagine. I'm not saying that I know Bill's behaviour but he he looks a fun loving sort of man. Next time Rob. Hopefully hopefully and and we also saw the opening minutes of the uh, Pratchett Buriram game and crikey within 20 seconds Pratchett had scored then it was ruled off for VAR then Buriram scored and there was absolute hell on Pratchett wanting it to go to VAR the referee was unbudged obviously Buriram went on and grabbed three valuable points down there especially with Bangkok United only drawing and good news for your boys Dale they're on the march well it's it's uh, been a bit of a roller coaster the last couple of weeks <laughs> because obviously results have improved we've had a couple of good results but as I've just mentioned selling Kritzadar is a huge blow and especially the statement 
the club released in light of that, saying that they couldn't afford to keep him. They needed the £30 million that they got for him in order to keep the club and the academy going. So like I said a couple of weeks ago on, when I was chatting to Jan, I think in one way we've kind of accepted our fate and they're probably getting ready to be relegated because, you know, you don't sell your best players when you're in a scrap and still no sign of a head coach coming in. It's going to be kept in-house, I would think, and they're, they're going to be relying on the youngsters. Unbeaten in three. Yeah, well, like I said, it was all promising. It was all looking good. And then, you know, the sale of Kritzadar and the, the news that followed it kind of pulled the rug from under our feet, really. Uh, wait and see. You won't be the only club scrambling for money, I'm sure, yeah. Oh, no. I know it's I know it's across the board, really. There's probably only three or four that aren't in a similar situation. Yeah. But it's something, yeah. I guess it's something we'll cover over the next few weeks anyway. Let's see how the transfers and everything work out during the break. Hi, I'm Sabina. I'm listening to a Thai football podcast. Changing gear. I've just mentioned him, Gian, and he's back again. And New Year's Day 2024 was ushered in with a Thailand national team friendly match. They travelled to Japan and came away with a 5-0 thumping. So I got Gian on the line and we had a little chat about that match, Ishi's appointment and the forthcoming Asian Cup. So this is me and Jan talking predominantly about the Thailand national team. A Thai football podcast. Interview. Happy New Year, Jan. Happy New Year, Dale. Thanks for having me on. No, you're welcome. It's always good to have you on. The The voice of reason, I think you've been <laughs> dubbed by certain people. So. Oh, wow. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Anyway, it is a new year, 2024. And mm-hmm. for Thai football, it hasn't really got off to a great start, has it? And yeah. you're here to chat mm-hmm. about today's friendly in Japan. So, initial thoughts. Right. So, as we all know, the score was 5-0 to Japan. I think most of us expected Thailand to lose. I think most of us expected Thailand not to score um, because we don't really, well, without without Supernat, without Tirasin and no focal point up top. So Coach Ishii went in with a very interesting lineup in his first game. He left out many key players like Tiraton, Superchok, Ekanit from the start. And he played guys like Picha, Weirtape, Jurensak. Um, he started Dola and Kritsada at the back together. It was quite a lineup we didn't expect. But I think ultimately the goal of this game was not to win. I think the goal of the game probably was one, to test certain tactics and two, to test if the players were up for style of football and three, as a mental test to test which players have it in them in the big moments. And I think he succeeded in getting his answer to all those three questions. So in, in some ways, you could call it a success. The game overall, as the old saying goes, is a game of two halves. Uh, the first half was really good in terms of we limited Japan's chances. We were excellent in terms of defensive transition. So when we lost the ball, we got into shape very well. The space between the lines was very compact and we made it very difficult for them to create chances. And we were defending deep and Elias Dola was probably the best player of the first half. Second half completely changes. He brings on those heavy hitters, you know, the Super Chok, the Tiraton, Saral Pitiwat, all come on. But the game completely turns against them because Japan did the same thing. Japan bought their A-listers on and they just sort of blew Thailand away. And lots of defensive errors started occurring. Elias got caught out when he came up the pitch to defend a little bit higher, opening up space behind him. And when Thailand was sitting back, you could feel the concentration sort of waning after a while because Thai players do not like sitting deep in a defensive block for a long time. We saw that when Ryavach was our coach and the players started to sort of crumble and... That's why we got a 5-0. And I think Ishii, I can imagine that the game 
probably vindicates what he was already thinking and what he's already said to the players. So that could actually help him in his preparations for the Asian Cup. Just going back to the starting lineup, obviously it wasn't our strongest side and it was Japan's second or third strength mm-hmm. team, I think. Do you think that was something they'd agreed beforehand, the two coaches, maybe? It's possible. It's certainly possible. But I, I don't think that Ishii would have wanted to expose that lineup. It's hard to know what his thinking was, whether he was testing players who are on the fringe of the squad, or was it just he picked the guys who had been in training the longest? So obviously the Buiram players, like Tiraton, had a game on Thursday, as did the BG players, Sasash and Pitiwat. So they were out for that reason. I think that ultimately it was just, I'm going to pick the players who've been training with me the longest this week. And I think that's all there was to it, personally. It's always good, isn't it, for a new coach to get to see the players up close, see what they're capable of, see how they react in certain situations. How, how do you think he'll feel? I mean, you, you say he'll have learned quite a lot from this game, but overall, how do you think he's going to feel at the end with with the not just the results? I mean, obviously, you can kind of put the result to one side, but the performance, you know, do you think he'll have, he, he thinks that he's achieved something? In a word, I think he'll feel vindicated in a, in a strange way. I'm an old school Mourinho fan. Uh, I, I love the way he does things. I mean, the football can be dreadful sometimes, but I like the way he does things. And one thing he likes to do is he he thrives on basically when he says something will go wrong and it goes wrong in the exact same way he said it would go wrong, everyone gets on board with him. And when and it goes right, the exact same way he said it would go right, everyone gets on board with him. I think Ishii can turn it into that. I think he, can, he would have warned the players of the pitfalls that were going to occur and then they happen. I think it could be a way to get them all on his side. And I think also his selections prove that he is the boss, you know. He's not going to be dictated to in terms of who to play, who not to play. He will play the players that fit the system the most, you know. He will play, for example, Jurensak instead of Ekanit or Superchok if it helps with the counter-attacking style that they want to do. And I think these things will help him have more authority in the dressing room. And that's probably what he needs the most right now because he's coached in Thailand for many years. He, he knows the players. He's coached many of them. The players know how he's going to set up. I think what he needs to do is establish his authority and make sure everybody in the in the camp knows that he's the man and he should be listened to. As strange as it sounds, this is a big defeat. I think it actually helps his case in doing that and achieving that. Do you think he'll have that freedom? I mean, we... You know, we all speculate on how much autonomy head coaches have got, not just at club level, but at international level. And as you've just said there, you know, this is him sending out a message saying, I'm my own man. I'm going to pick the team. I'm going to decide on the tactics. Do you think he's going to be allowed to do that? I think he has nothing to lose in a sense. For one thing, he only has a three month contract which runs out when the presidency, the FA presidency term ends. He's already come in in these very strange circumstances. So he's kind of already has nothing nothing to lose, you know. And I think that that makes him uniquely positioned because the management sort of moved heaven and earth and screwed over Mano to bring Ishii in. So Ishii is within his rights to think, well, if they did so much to get me, I'm going to do it my own way. And if they lose me, then they look like, you know, they've got the ones... You know, he has the last laugh ultimately, no matter what happens. So I think that gives him a little bit more freedom to sort of do what he wants. And I think that will be a good thing. And what about the public? Are they going to be as patient as, and as understanding, do you think? I think that the Thai public really values trophies, having won trophies. And I think he can he can sort of hold up the trophies he won at Buriram. Um, I mean, I think Mano is excellent. 
And I think the criticism of him is really unfair. The trophy one is really unfair. But Thai fans are like that. And they were like that from day one with Mano. So Ishii can hold his hand, he can hold up his trophies and say, give me time. And I think they'll be more inclined to give it to him because of that record. So there's no clamour to get him out then already? No, no chance. Um, I think also there's a, but there's a bit of deference towards Japanese coaches, especially ones who've achieved things in Japan as well and then achieved things in Thailand. He'll have more time from the fans. It's just the management that we don't know about, but I think he'll have more time from the fans' perspective. Moving forward, obviously we've got the Asian Cup this month. Mm -hmm. What are your expectations? Right, so I think we can come second in the group. Um, I'm actually going to Qatar, by the way, like flying back via Qatar to go to the UK and I'm I'm stopping there for a week to watch the games. But yeah, I, I have the first the first two games, Oman and, and Kyrgyzstan. And I would like to get at least four points from that. I mean, obviously I want six. Um, and I think the goal should be to come second in the group. Assuming Saudi get nine, it'll be tough. So we should try and win both games. Then reaching the knockout stage, round of 16. If we come second, we'll probably get a tough draw. I, I looked at the looked at the bracket. It was either like Iran or Uzbekistan. A tough draw for round of 16. So I'd be content with a round of 16, I'd be very happy with a quarterfinal. Like, overjoyed with a quarterfinal. I'd be content with a round of 16. With the fixtures already having been announced for the second leg, I think they've kind of already conceded that they're not going to get that far in the tournament, haven't they? <laughs> what kind of message do you think that sends out? <laughs> Fair enough. They can always postpone the games. Do you think they really? do something as outrageous as that? I mean, we all know yeah. that they like to stick to the fixture list and don't <laughs> like moving things around. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I don't think we're going to reach the final. I, I think that is me being very ambitious if I was to say we'd get to the final. But the semi-finals are the sixth and the seventh. The quarterfinals are on the third. I think that's the furthest we'll get. Once you get there, you're facing Korea, Japan. I don't see us getting past the quarterfinals. Maybe the plan today was to lull Japan into a false sense of security. <laughs> Hopefully. And when we meet them in the quarterfinals, we'll uh, turn the tables. Yeah, we'll. who will we unleash on them? I don't know. Krokrit, who was, who was hiding in the shadows waiting to shock Japan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's waiting in there? It's I think it's going to be a good tournament. I'm I'm very envious of the fact that you're going to be there for a couple of the matches. Um but apart from Thailand, who who are your favorites? Who do you think is going to win it? It's got to be Japan, surely. I think they're world number 17 now uh, in their ranking. And once they plot the really big guns, the Endo, the Liverpool, Kubo, Matoma, if Matoma's fit. Uh once they're all playing, I think they're they're pretty much unstoppable. South Korea with Son is always a threat, but I, I think Japan is is unstoppable this year. Okay, you're on record now saying that. It, it's, it is a new dawn, new era for the Thailand national team. As you've already said, he's only got a three-month contract initially. But where would you like to see the national team in 12 months' time? If we're having this conversation on the 1st of January 2025, what will we be looking back on and what do you think will be a, a successful 12 months in the in the life of the Thailand national team? I think keeping Ishii, extending his contract, if he gets to the knockout stage, would be the first step. If he doesn't make the knockout stage, then it's going to have to be a long, hard look at themselves um, from the FA. I think we all know who the new president will be. So I hope that she, I don't want to say delegates because that's very optimistic. I hope that she brings in a professional setup, which gives the players every opportunity to succeed. And about the World Cup qualifiers, next round, cool, but we're not going to qualify anyway for the World Cup, so why do we have to cry about it? As you brought up Madam Pang mm. and the very strong 
likelihood that she will get elected as president of the FA. Do you think that's a good choice? Tread carefully now. It's not really a choice. It's a reality. She's got the entire cavalry on her team, right? She's got every club owner, all the major T1 club owners signing on to her agenda. I think it it's the only way it can go because they need to cooperate. The clubs, the FA, everyone needs to cooperate. And she's the cooperation candidate. I think it isn't a choice. I think it's a it's it's the only way to go forward. Let's hope so. And yeah. let's hope that it is a good year. I mean, you start every year, don't you, with this this sense of optimism, thinking, "Yeah, this is going to be it." And let's hope it is this time. Let's hope this this time next year we're in a very strong position. Yeah, I I don't know what that looks like though. Is making it to the next round of World Cup qualifying is that it? Is that the end goal? Do we get a trophy for that? Ultimately, all of us are just along for the ride. All right. Well, thanks very much for coming on. Really appreciate that, Jan. And hopefully you can send us a couple of reports from the Asian Cup when you're in Qatar. That would be great. Yeah, I'll, I'll look right. into doing that. Thank you. Okay, mate. Enjoy the rest of your day and we'll speak soon. Yeah, Dale, you called Jan the uh, voice of reason and for very good reason. Talks a lot of sense there. He's bang on about issue. He's got a free hit, hasn't he? He can't go wrong. He can do what he wants. Yeah, that seems to be the case. Did you see the match? I, I didn't watch it. I hadn't realised it was on so early. I mean, obviously, I'm still in England and it was something like a 5am kickoff. I, I thought it was going to be a nice little midday treat for me. But unfortunately, I was fast asleep. <laughs> Probably, probably yeah, we, for the we, best, I think. We were in the car coming back from Cerebri, so I missed it. So we can't really comment on the performance. But as as Jan said, you know, the, the results ultimately didn't matter. I think it, it was a good exercise in getting to see the players, getting to see what they can cope with. And quarterfinals of the Asian Cup, do you think that's ambitious or do you think that's a realistic goal for the side at the moment? Are you still drinking from New Year, Dale? <laughs> I've got a cup of tea. Nothing stronger than that. It's the get out of the group they've done well. I just don't rate them. I don't. If Tiracin's missing, they haven't a chance. Yeah, that is a big worry, isn't it? I think Jan said as well, there's there's nobody to score. I mean, it's, it's always... I mean, I've been following Thai football since 1997, and it's always been an issue. Thai strikers, they're very ah. few and far between. The thing is, he doesn't just put it in the net. He's the only bloke with any creativity to open defences up. Honestly, they've been real... We'll be having this conversation next year. We will. And and he made some great points to Jan. You know, what constitutes success here? Sorry, I did like his funny about suggesting Madame Pang delegates. He should be on at the comedy star. Well, strange things have happened. When? <laughs> <laughs> right, give, give, me, give me a while. I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> Yeah. Are you looking forward to the tournament? Obviously, there's no top flight football for a month now or over a month, but are you are you looking forward to the AFC Cup? You know what? It's passing me by, Dale. I'll concentrate on my T3 and I'm more interested in that. Fair enough. I mean, I'll, I'll try and get to see some of the games. I'm hoping that there'll be coverage on one of the social media platforms. YouTube, I think, probably got it. I'm not sure. I will have to check. Don't get me wrong. If Thailand are on and we're not doing anything, I'm sure we'll sit round and watch it, but I'm not that bothered. And Jan will be there. Yeah, lucky Jan. And, and he's good enough to do with some reports. Now, if I was going, it'd be different. I do envy him. Definitely, me too. I, I was in Qatar for the World Cup, you know. I didn't get to see any games, but I was passing through. And I, I kind of wished I'd planned ahead because it would have been nice to get to one of the matches, I think, while I've been there. It'd be, yeah, it'd be a great experience for him. And like you say, if he can send us a couple of reports, even better. Yeah, for sure. Hello, I'm Steve Darby, ex-coach of Thailand, and you're listening to the new Thai football podcast. You may think some of this is fiction, 
But if you know your Thai football, as these lads do, it isn't. It's real. But no one will ever believe you. Anything else you want to talk about? I mean, we've got the big game, haven't we, this this weekend? Bury Ram United and Bangkok United. At Tamasat. Any thoughts? Oh, I don't know. King Arthur at Bury Ram's hanging on as long as King Arthur did in South Yorkshire. We keep suggesting he might be on his way, but he's sticking in there, isn't he? He is, and he, he seems to have turned it round as well. Things seem to be improving. I'm in a real quandary, Dale. Obviously, I wouldn't be upset to see Bangkok United smack him for five, but I do want some credibility with my prediction, so Bury Ram win for me, please, Saturday. I'm going for an entertaining 3-3 draw. Just hope it doesn't rain. <laughs> To be like, uh, yes, indeed. Yeah, we certainly don't want to repeat, do we? What What do you think would happen? There you go, isn't that hypothetical for you? What do you think would happen if it did? Because they've set a precedent now, haven't they? They have. They, they couldn't play, could they, really? No, they'd have to call it off. Chances of it raining, I think, are pretty slim. But if it does rain, I think, and I'm putting my neck on the block here... I think they'll go ahead. I don't think they could afford to do it again. Well, Pocklow's missing for Bangkok United, so Buriram will be keen to get it on this time. We'll see. Fingers crossed for rain. I really hope it rains now, because I do want to see what happens. You sound like Dickie Bird trying to get it in the action in the old days. You mentioned all your Yorkshire heroes this morning, Rob. Well, there aren't that many to go through, really. I'm hopefully getting a lift to Yasserton on Saturday. One of our new reporters describes it as the dullest city in Thailand. We definitely want to report from there then. Yes, uh, I'll be behaving, uh, trying to stay off the beer and uh, give you a, a fluent report from Yasserton against Isakek United. Looking forward to that. Anyway, I think that's probably about it for this week. Good way to start the new year. So thanks to Gian, thanks to Steve, thanks to Mark and thanks to yourself for such a really good, entertaining, roving report. Enjoy the week ahead and we'll speak next week, Rob. Yeah, look forward to it, Dale. Look after yourselves, listeners, wherever you are. Thanks for your continued support.